This is the Real Estate Foundation, your show for massive action with proven results. Raise your life and your legacy with real estate. If you're not using retirement funds to invest in real estate, you're leaving capital on the table. With a self-directed IRA from Advanta IRA, retirement funds can be used to invest in rental properties, rehab projects, private loans, multifamily syndications, and much more. Advanta's IRA's dedicated one-on-one account managers make the investing process fast, easy, and reliable for you and your investors. Plus, if you're self-employed, Advanta IRA offers a low-cost QRP or solo 401k plan so you can maximize retirement savings, invest in real estate, and avoid UBIT tax. If you're raising capital or have a network of passive investors, Advanta IRA can help you unlock the trillions of dollars that sit in retirement accounts. Whether it's that fixer up or down the street or a large multifamily property, make sure you or your investors never miss out on another investment opportunity. Go to AdvantaIRA.com backslash REI today to learn more. That's AdvantaIRA.com backslash REI. Well, hello again and welcome to another edition of the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for checking us out again. Happy to be back here. Super excited about today's show. We're going to dive into some things we haven't talked about in a bit of a while. We're on episode about 365 right now. So welcome to the show, Andrew Keel. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being on with us. And Andrew is the owner of Keel Team LLC, and his team currently manages 14 manufactured housing communities across six states, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Tennessee. His expertise is turning around undermanaged uh, manufactured housing communities by utilizing proven systems to maximize the occupancy while reducing operating costs. He specializes in bringing homes to fill vacant lots, implementing utility billback programs, and improving overall management and operating efficiencies, all of which significantly boost the asset value and net operating income of the communities. In order to successfully implement his management strategy, Andrew's team usually moves on location. Wow, really, moves on location during the first several months of ownership. Well, this is great, Andrew. I'm, I'm excited to dive into. So what got you started, not only in this, but, like, but in real estate in general? What was the point that you said, okay, this is the path I'm going to take? Uh, yeah, great question. One of my good friends, you know, I, I started out corporate America uh, as a sales representative selling websites to realtors. And I would travel and go to big, you know, conventions across the country. And I met a lot of realtors and they, you know, some of them were investors as well. And they seemed to be doing really well off, you know, and they were about the same age as me. So uh, that's kind of where it started. And then a good friend of mine in Orlando, uh, he's a wholesaler full time, has a, a nice business. Uh, I ended up getting with him and kind of he taught me the ropes. Uh, and I started out wholesaling and, and flipping throughout Central Florida initially. Interesting. And so at what point during your process did you make the transition into manufactured housing communities? Yeah, it's an interesting story. Uh, so while I was wholesaling and you know doing yellow letters and uh, driving for dollars, I actually came across a, a mobile home deal. And there was two of them up in Ocala, Florida. Uh, I didn't really know what to do with them. So I started researching online and I found a guy named Lonnie Scruggs uh, who wrote a book called Deals on Wheels. And he has a whole you know, YouTube channel and he's a really cool guy. 
and basically teaches you how to buy homes and then sell them on contract and create monthly cash flow that way. So uh, I ended up buying those two homes and, and selling them very, very quickly. And I was you know, shocked at how fast we were able to sell those and how the demand was so strong. So I ended up going ahead and buying 19 more of those and doing a, a bunch of those Lonnie deals. And during the process, I met a park owner in Ocala. We ended up going out to lunch one day and he was telling me how, you know, there's a benefit to owning the real estate and not just the personal property that is the mobile homes, you know, tax benefits, depreciation, et cetera. So that was kind of a, an aha moment for me. And I went ahead and started diving into mobile home parks. I went to, you know, every bit of content I could get my hands on. I was reading. I went to the MHU boot camp with Frank and Dave. Uh, I, I went to a couple other little seminars and, you know, you know, anything I could, I could get my hands on, I was in. Uh, so I started cold calling uh, mobile home parks in hopes of talking to the owners and trying to see if they'd be interested in selling. Uh, I ended up getting my first deal uh, in Edwardsville, Illinois, and I contacted a few of the people that I met at the boot camp and, that were interested in being more passive investors. And we ended up partnering on our first deal in Edwardsville. It ended up being a, a really good, successful you know, you know, project. And since then, we've done several deals together with those same investors. Oh, that's awesome. So you're in Orlando, Florida, and you find this deal in Edwardsville, Illinois. What are some of the metrics you're looking for when you're diving in to go out there and search for parks? Yeah, great question. Uh, my criteria is I look in the Midwest. Uh, I just have found that the stigma of living in a, a trailer or a mobile home uh, isn't as strong in the Midwest, and there's a good, you know, demographic of people that live in mobile homes that are, you know, blue-collar people that that go to work every day. So, uh, and and also, and also, mobile homes don't really stand up that well in coastal states when hurricanes come through. So, uh, yeah. I started in the Midwest, and I, I went to college up there. My parents are from uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, so I, I have some connections up in the Midwest, and I, I knew the area, and uh, I knew that that would be a good place for us to to get started. I look for parks that are over 50 lots and public utilities are preferred. Is there a size in the town? Like typically if I'm looking for apartment buildings, I want to be in an MSA of 250,000 people. Does that matter as much when you're looking at these assets or what do you look for? Yeah. So we want to be in a, you know, in a Metro that has 50,000 or more people. So it is a little bit less than you're, you're, you're looking at. Now, when you're, when you're valuing this, you talked about the land versus owning the trailer as well or, or owning the home as well. Um, what's the business plan today? And could you talk a little bit more to that so, so listeners can understand why you're really focused on the land? Yeah, that's a great question. So with owning mobile home parks, the real value is that we only want to own the dirt. You know, the homes, we want the tenants to own and just pay us lot rent. Uh, you know, I used to own a nine unit apartment complex down in Daytona beach. Uh, at the same time, as I owned this 67 lot, you know, uh, manufactured housing community that was six States away. Uh, and the manufactured housing community was actually easier to manage than the nine unit that was 45 minutes from my house. Uh, just because I was in charge of leaky fridges, you know, uh, windows that wouldn't shut all the way, you know, you name it. I was having to deal with that. Where in the mobile home parks, we don't own all of the homes you know, the tenants own those, they're making payments just to be on our, our land. Uh, so that expense, that kind of landlord, you know, headache uh, really isn't there. Um, 
so that's that's a huge benefit to a, to manufactured housing versus you know other forms of rental real estate. What's some of your favorite ways to find these properties? Are are you searching these through brokerages or is a lot of um, direct marketing to sellers? Yeah, we've we've bought most of our parks off market, you know, through you know mailing letters and cold calling. Uh, we also have bought some through brokers. Uh, it just it just depends, you know, kind of getting your name out there, networking, and and being able to pick up those pocket listings has, uh, you know, helped us get some good deals. That's awesome. And for these, are you buying this with a group? Are you doing syndication? What's your typical model look like? Yeah. So most of my deals, uh, I've done JV agreements just with one other investor. Uh, we recently closed on a syndication uh, in December of last year. Uh, and that was our first syndication where we brought 18 investors together and raised just under $2 million. Uh, we're looking at doing the syndication model in the future and are always looking for, for new investors. Uh, we probably do you know, just a couple of deals every year, maybe two or three deals a year uh, that are big syndications where you know, they, they can invest a, you know, a smaller amount instead of you know, half a million bucks. Yeah, super cool. And when you're sourcing these deals, what's, I know there's no typical deal, but what's the standard protocol? Are you, are you holding these for the long term? Is there usually a duration you're looking for? Is there certain returns that, that are standing out to you that you're trying to meet? Yeah, so we usually go after value add parks. Um, I also own a mobile home transport company. So we'll go into parks that are about 70% occupied and look at you know, that upside, filling those vacant lots and rehabbing vacant units to increase occupancy uh, and all the while increasing other management you know, efficiencies, you know, billing back for utilities properly. You know, on the first property we bought, uh, the current owner was not billing for water in the correct amount. You know, they had set their bill back rates at what the city was charging 10 years ago, but they never kept up with when the city would raise their rates. So that was a huge gain for us, you know, day one to be able to bill the appropriate amount for the, the usage. Uh, and then we were also to, able to do things like bill back for trash and, uh, you know, just cut some of the expenses off of the, the P&L. You know, I, I, I don't do this myself. But I hear from other investors sometimes if there's a, a bunch of vacant lots, you know, they'll, they'll just not go after the property because they're worried about the, the upfront cost of bringing in the homes. I mean, you've jumped that whole point and opened a mobile home transport company. You're bringing all your, so walk me through this. I haven't heard that approach before. I'm just, I'm absolutely curious what you're doing. Yeah. So one of the big pain points in owning a mobile home park is being able to fill lots, you know, and to the transport and installation of these homes. Uh, it's, it's the, the people that have those types of businesses, uh, we've just found it very difficult. You know, we'd have to call 10 transport companies just to get one company on the phone, you know, because they're, they're usually very, very busy uh, and, or they're just not very, you know, they're not really business people. You know, they, they don't answer the phones. They don't have like a receptionist or anything like that. So we wanted to be able to, you know, kind of streamline that process and be able to be very effective at moving homes quickly. Uh, you know, on the, we just bought a, a five part portfolio in Illinois back in December, that syndication we did. And we already moved 23 homes, used homes that we were able to source. Uh, we, we brought those homes and moved those in to fill vacant lots. Uh, I mean, very, very quickly without having to wait on, you know, the workload of a, a third party company. 
Oh, so this is intriguing. So how are you finding the, the, um, the used homes and, and what are you saving on having this, the, the transport company that, that other people are faced with that cost and just the headache of not being able to reach anybody? Yeah, we find the used homes, you know, Craigslist, Facebook, you know, different avenues that way. Uh, and then we're able to save about a thousand bucks or more per home that we transport and install because we, you know, we can control our own costs with the transport company. And what is the typical pricing that you're usually looking for to get a used home that, that works for your metrics? Yeah, right around 5,000 bucks, we can buy a home and then transport it and get it installed. The real cost uh, within, it, the real cost of moving a mobile home is the transport and installation. You know, to move a home, you know, literally 500 feet away is going to cost about 3,000 bucks because you got to take off all the utilities, take off the skirting, you know, take it off the blocks, put the axles, put the hitch, put the wheels on, and then haul it and then reinstall it, block level, tie down, and then rehook up all those utilities. So uh, that's where the, the main bulk of the cost comes in. But we budget around fifteen to 17000 all in to buy and move in a used home. And that would include any rehab needed on that home to occupy that vacant lot. And so when you, when you do bring the homes in, are you going back to the Lonnie Shrugs model of trying to, to buy and sell the homes on, on contract or, or are you now, or is there a different method you're working with today? Yeah, it, it depends on the, on the park and on the market. You know, in some of our parks, we're able to sell our homes cash. You know, people will come in and, you know, spend anywhere from five to 20,000 cash and, and buy the homes outright. And that's what we prefer because mm -hmm. it infills that capital quicker. And then we get the occupied lot and the lot rent, which is ultimately what, what we're going after. Um, in other markets, we do have to do what's called a rent credit program where they are paying in monthly installments to purchase the home on top of paying lot rent. So, and you, you started this uh, mobile homes about two, three years ago, you said? Correct. Yep. How, how have you seen the market adapt over these three years that you've been doing this? Um, it's, it's been interesting because the demand for this form of housing is, is literally off the charts. And I was at MHI uh, a few months ago and Ben Carson uh, was on stage speaking. He's the secretary of HUD. And uh, he basically told us that, you know, site built housing across the country is being built for about $107 per square foot, where manufactured housing is being built for about $49 per square foot. So you're, you're able to save so much money by, you know, doing manufactured housing. And, and it's, it's helping a lot of, you know, people get in, you know, this get in housing really you know it's it's the the most affordable form of housing in the u.s right now did he uh, did he talk or what is your take on just you know usually mobile home parks there, there's no more being built but but they're slowly be taken away which is you know kind of pushes the value even though you know it's a it's an asset that's there any any thoughts on how you're how you use that in your investment strategy that that's a huge part of why i love this asset class is that you know, local municipalities, they're not the biggest fans of mobile home parks. Uh, you know, it's really difficult to get a new one approved to develop one. Uh, if anything, the zoning has changed and they're, you know, they're trying to change that area to be, you know, used for something else. So you see a lot of parks, about 10 per year, that are redeveloped into another form of housing. Uh, and the development of these parks, you know, I don't know the exact number, but I think there's, there's a handful of parks developed every year, if any at all. 
because it's you know so tough to go through the zoning process and everything to get you know get approved uh, to put a mobile home park in somewhere. That's awesome. When you're going, you actually said, and I, let me make sure I, I read this right. You actually move on site for a couple of weeks after you buy them. It's awesome. When you do that, what's, what's your focus when you get on site? Are you trying to automate processes? What are some of the management and efficiencies you're, you're working on when you do this? Yeah, great question. So uh, we found it very difficult to do two things remotely, and that is to manage the rehabs of the mobile homes and to bring in used and new homes to fill vacant lots. Uh, you know, so the first couple of months after we take over a property, you know, we'll come in, set up new management, you know, ensure the bill back of the utilities is, is set up properly, uh, you know, get new lease paperwork signed, those types of things, and you know, oversee the projects, which are the rehabs, you know, any CapEx that we're putting into the property in terms of, you know, giving it a facelift with either new fencing or whatnot. But the rehabs of the, of the vacant homes and the bringing in of homes really is what, what, is, what we're there for. Oh, that's awesome. What is your approach now for the Keel team over the next three, five years? What, what is your big picture? Yeah, our big picture is to keep going. Uh, you know, we'd like to get to 100 million in, in asset holdings uh, in manufactured housing communities. Uh, we'd like to, you know, get in on bigger deals and keep doing syndications, uh, you know, buying portfolios and those types of things to, uh, you know, really get a good, a good market, get a good piece of the market. You know, we didn't touch on it, but the financing piece, what kind of financing options are, are you working with or, or are available for uh, mobile home parks? Yeah, so there is agency debt available for manufactured housing communities. Um, there also local regional banks are, are typically a good option for us, uh, which initially are recourse, uh, but then we'll get like a, a five or 10 year balloon. And the goal is to refinance into that agency debt, you know, non-recourse, you know, long-term financing uh, after our initial turnaround stage. In terms of your, your business today, is there, is there something you're, you're corely or wholly focused on at improving right now? Um, that's a great question. Um, I mean, there, we're always looking to improve in several different areas. Uh, one, you know, specific thing that we're trying to improve on is our background check and employment verification check processes and making sure that we can get those done within 24 to 48 hours. Uh, just because we found that our clientele are very point of sale people and, you know, we want to be, be able to move quickly. So that's one, one piece of the business that we're trying to improve with. That's a good point. Are you managing the assets yourself? Are you are you hiring an on-site person? What what's the management structure? Yeah, we have our own management team that that we've built uh, that manages the off-site uh, on every one of our properties. We have an on-site manager as well that's our eyes and ears and you know helps us with various tasks on-site. Uh, but then off-site, we do everything from you know paying the bills to keeping track of the rent roll, et cetera. Your on-site manager, what's some good characteristics you look for in this person? Yeah, I mean, the main thing is, you know, trustworthiness. Uh, you know, I try to find someone in the park that has one of the nicer homes. And usually this person is an older tenant that, you know, usually has fixed income from either retirement or Social Security. And, you know, they just really want to see the park, you know, be a better place than what it is at its current state. Uh, so that person usually isn't, you know, financially strapped or anything like that. They're, they're just wanting to see the park become a better, you know, a better place to live. 
And that's, that's what we look for primarily. Yeah, that's great. And with the time you've been doing this, is there a lesson that stand out or, or, or something you've taken that you didn't quite know in the beginning that that's part of your operation now? Uh, yeah, I, you know, we started out and we bought one of our parks is only 31 lots. Uh, you know, the same amount of time goes into due diligence and to management and research on a 31 lot mobile home park that goes into 115 lot mobile home park. So, you know, I just wish that in the beginning we, we went after those bigger assets uh, just because, the, the, like I said, the due diligence checklist that I have is exactly the same, whether it's 30 lots or 130. So I, I just wish that, you know, moving forward, that's how our new criteria is, is we're looking at those bigger assets, um, you know, but our, those assets that are only 30 lots, they're still performing well. It's just, you know, a little more difficult. Yeah, I know. I actually, um, I just closed on the estate. So it was a 32 unit and it, it was a beast to get to the finish with just all the dysfunction on the other side. Super deal. But I'm sitting there like, man, you know, like <laughs> just did a hundred unit. It was so easy. And I'm just <laughs> messing around with this 32 unit, like trying to get to the close, you know, like it, it's well worth it. But I've just, I was having that same thought, like I'm doing the exact same work, <laughs> exact same work I do in a hundred yeah. unit or 200 units. So yeah, absolutely for that. That's, that's an awesome point. What is there a, a company motto or, or, or where'd you live by in your business? Yeah, I don't know if you can see it, but back on our on our wall over there, I guess. All right. Yeah, so we, you know, one of our mottos is, you know, we hustle. You know, we're we're looking to always, you know, stay on top of our parks and talk to our park managers on a daily basis. And really keep our foot on the gas because we know that uh, in any business, when you take your foot off the gas and and you know try to try to take it take it easy, that's when things start to to go away. So we we visit all of our parks once a quarter, and uh, I think the we hustle model is 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 good for us. That's awesome. And what is your big why for doing all this? My big why uh, goes back to my family and my daughter. Uh, we we have a a two-year-old daughter and I have a baby boy on the way that'll be born in a couple months. So uh, that's what keeps me going. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, that's awesome. Good. So a person here today listening that, that just loves your story, has thought about mobile home parks, has been sitting on the sideline and you know, what is an actual step they could take today to get out there and get active in either, you know, some form of multifamily investing, whether it's apartment communities or, or mobile home parks, et cetera. Yeah, I would say just get out there and start looking for deals. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you're spending $10,000 a month on marketing or if you're just knocking on doors and, you know, doing skip tracing to, to find the owners and, and find phone numbers for owners. Uh, but once you find a deal, you know, the money is the easiest part, you know, to, to put a deal together. Uh, you know, in the beginning, I was so worried about, hey, you know, how am I going to find the money if I do get a deal under contract? Uh, and, and that kind of, if anything, it slowed me down, but I've, re I've come to realize now that once I find a deal and the numbers work and it's a solid deal, the, the money is very easy to put together and raise to get deals done. I love that. That's awesome. Well, Andrew, thanks so much for coming on the show. For, for people that want to learn more about you, what's the best way to connect? Yeah, the best way would be via my website. It's keelteam.com. That's K-E-E-L-T-E-A-M.com. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Andrew, thanks so much for being on the show. Learned a ton. It's been great having you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
Absolutely. Well, this is Jason with the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you shortly. Bye now. If you're not using retirement funds to invest in real estate, you're leaving capital on the table. With a self-directed IRA from Advanta IRA, retirement funds can be used to invest in rental properties, rehab projects, private loans, multifamily syndications, and much more. Advanta's IRA's dedicated one-on-one account managers make the investing process fast, easy, and reliable for you and your investors. Plus, if you're self-employed, Advanta IRA offers a low-cost QRP or solo 401k plan so you can maximize retirement savings, invest in real estate, and avoid UBIT tax. If you're raising capital or have a network of passive investors, Advanta IRA can help you unlock the trillions of dollars that sit in retirement accounts. Whether it's that fixer up or down the street or a large multifamily property, make sure you or your investors never miss out on another investment opportunity. Go to AdvantaIRA.com backslash REI today to learn more. That's AdvantaIRA.com backslash REI. Mm-hmm.